Blog Talk Radio. Okay, well, we want to let you know how to get in touch with us today first. I'm 143380164. Hope to hear from some of you. Uh, again, uh, that number, 914-338-0164. Do press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. And our listeners and callers may join us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our Blog Talk Radio profile. Neil and Kristen Baker, Psychic. So hopefully we'll get a couple calls. But yeah, there's been some weird uh, issues with scheduling on Blog Talk Radio. So our show was not, well, it was scheduled, but they had two scheduled at once for on our last day of broadcast on Wednesday, which is, is actually impossible. You're not allowed to have two. I changed the time and then it didn't register. So... That's why the schedule show is scheduled late today. So we may have to wait a little bit for some calls. But it's scheduled, right? Well, yeah, we're on the air. <laughs> it's scheduled now. I'm just uh, checking in our section. In our, uh, yeah, we're, we're visible. You know, there's a phrase that is often used to describe an experience, whether it's a book or a movie or experience for a travel experience, and that phrase is a mind-bending odyssey. Mind-bending odyssey is used most recently to do some review of some TV show. It sounds like a TV show I don't want to think. Mind-bending odyssey. Well, when, in all actuality, that's a phrase, and speaking, that's a phrase, meaning that it, it's it will impact your mind, whatever presentation that happens. To yeah, but, is, but isn't it also suggestive of the fact that it might be supernatural in its context? Because if it's mind-bending odyssey, then it's well, with that, yeah, outside of the sure. confines of the mind. You can apply it to that. You can apply it to that. Oh, there's the mind's imagination. But um, when, we t- when we talk about, first of all, when we talk about odyssey, we talk about journey. A journey that kid usually in classical literature will back from where you started. Um, we go on an odyssey, it's actually a journey that is has variations in its landmarks. So an odyssey is not typically just you go one place and then come back. You you go you have encounters. So, so as much as it is to the land, 
So you can have a sea odyssey. You can have an odyssey in space, like 2001. You can have an odyssey on land. As in Ulysses, they could move by the sea as well. Odyssey, Ulysses, James Joyce. But anyways, the, the point of a mind-bending odyssey. Now, in, in science, we bend light. We bend the curvature of space. And you get to the idea of black holes and, 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 and the thesis of uh, E equals MC square, the bending of light, the bending of time. Now, for our general purpose and for the content of the show, a mind-bending odyssey would be pertaining to the soul because the soul goes on a mind-bending odyssey which actually, when the soul enters the human form in any particular lifetime, the bending of the soul's consciousness must be included in the rapture, if you will, in the capture of being in a singular life. So the bending of the soul, an old soul traveling through many different lifetimes, is now bending, if you will, to get into the circumference of a singular energy, a singular life. But that doesn't mean that now that all of those past lives are now concentrated in the mind of the occupant. So we don't, we're, we, we have a singular life that goes without question. But coupled with that is a mind-bending odyssey, meaning that we have other existences within us that is that is that are conceptualized as concentrated energies within our mind, very concentrated. Sometimes, you know, you can get these big horse pills, and all they do is, you know, make you release water, and then you get this tiny, tiny pill, right, and it opens your whole mind. Right. Well, that tiny pill that alters your whole mind Everything in that little tiny pill that's about the size of a pinhead is a good metaphor for the soul, the journey of the soul. Because in, within the soul is a universe that's multi-layered. So we have a mind-bending odyssey that the soul goes through when it enters a particular lifetime and includes within its journeys a new singular existence. So side by side, we have a singular existence going on in any given mindset. And beneath the blankets, we have a, an odyssey, a deeper journey. Some of you may recognize what your odysseys are. Some may be very pointed in their interpretation. Oh, I used to be a knight in the Crusades. Uh, I know I had a past life. As Cleopatra. As Cleopatra. Everybody was Cleopatra. Or Mary Magdalene. Um, another one. The only other person, aside from Cleopatra, that is Cleopatra, is Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> That's the only one. And even she was a bit of a ham. But the uh, idea that we are experiencing this Odyssey, if you will. So the so the general rule of thumb is 
is the mind rule over the soul and the mind is aware of the soul's journey or is the soul in command and it's incorporating in its command of presence the idea of this new singular life. So the singular life is really subdued by the by the immensity of the soul. I think that's variable depending on the individual. I mean, this obviously the soul is the overriding factor in any given singular life. But whether someone's aware of the soul's journey is or are incorporating the idea that there is a history of the soul into their present life is different depending on the person that well, let's go you back. are. I hold a somewhat different approach. Okay. Let's go back to the but, little pill. Here's a little pill and here's a big body. The big body is the singular life. Takes this little pill and suddenly the big body is now under control of whatever constitutes or whatever ingredients or makeup is in that little pill. So you fall asleep, you have hallucinations, you have a horrible reaction. The pill is now in command of the body. So my theory is that the soul is in command of the body. I think the soul rules the body. Well, I, I yes, I don't disagree with that. But but the overriding factors of the person's physical journey can overwhelm the soul and the awareness that that person has of a multi-layered dimensional existence. Sure. Uh, sure, there's that. That's obvious, yes. And just as the body can react to the effects of the pill by somebody killing themselves or doing something rash and the body takes over. Was it the pill that killed the next door neighbor or was it the, the person? The person. Right. So, you know, it's hard to, the chicken and the egg. Not exactly the same um, reference in, in terms of its accuracy, but, but there is this idea, what is in command of our Lives. And then the idea of free will comes into play because what is in command of our lives? If the soul is the overriding, I mean, if, if the soul is the overriding um, motivator of our actions and controls our our direction in life, then do we really have free will? Free will is contingent. I mean, we basically it's a safe term because we have free will, but for those individuals that said, I had no free will. I, I couldn't stop myself. I didn't want to do it. Or I was obsessed. For whatever reason, the free will clause isn't a, a mandate of existence. You don't always have free will. And sure enough, we don't always have choices. Um, so that might be determined by a psychiatrist. You know, criminally insane, or, or there were other com- developing components that were influencing the, the quote free will abilities. So everything has this leniency of interpretation, and nothing is rigid in stone. But if we're getting back to the basic premise 
of the body and the soul, assuming that the soul does exist. And there is a general history receiving our history. Then what is it? Is it sometimes an exchange where one takes the lead and then the other takes the lead? I mean, it's sure enough in terms of physicality, it would appear that our body is in control. You're right. It would appear that we are in charge of our soul. And maybe that's correct. No, no, no. I, I don't want to miss. I, I don't want to misspeak or be misunderstood. I, I'm not saying the body is in control. The soul. That's that's not my point. Well, what you know? What 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 goes on in the physical in the physical dimension is, and in someone's existence, like if they're, for example, criminally insane, is that coming from the soul or the body? Obviously, it's coming from the soul. That there's a probably dark past life history that individual has. Perhaps, perhaps. I mean, the the, the immediacy of being criminally insane can still be a prevailing factor that happened. It's, it it starts it started in the singular lifetime. Something started. Right. There's a be, right something. There's right. always some kind of root system going on. But if we get to a mind-bending odyssey and we go back to our original premise that the soul is encaptured by the body and the soul is now in concentrated form, if the soul doesn't know any boundaries, the soul is not limited by gravity, the soul has, the soul doesn't have a frame in which you have skin muscle, bone, and that's it. Well, but in my, in, my, in my analysis, where I'm coming from is a, a, a person that is perhaps underperforming according to what the soul commands the person to do in a specific lifetime. So if we come to the planet with karma to resolve and then transcendent energy to establish, and the person is just, maybe not resolving karma or maybe there's karma that's resolved but essentially they're living a linear mundane life that is the the physical the physicality of their lifetime is overwhelming the souls their the greater purpose that they have according to their soul is what i'm saying a soul can experience a mind bending odyssey in terms of the dormancy dormancy and it's exclusive of any activity you can have a sleeping soul that is devoid of any sense of purpose. But again, that's has a, a sort of gradual uh, protrusion into the into the mindset. So the so the answer to that one might be indicative of having a, a you know they were depressed. They were depressed in mind. They were oppressed, suppressed. Maybe they have a low iron. And it could be so many different things that would amount to an inactivity. But yet the the great contradiction of life in terms of inactivity is the heartbeat and the pulse and the brain waves. So even if you're an active 
you're still operating on some level that maintains physical existence. Now, where does the soul go in that dormancy? Is it hibernate like a bear? Where, where does it go? Well, most people of our caliber would say it goes into the pineal gland. Pineal gland. Yeah. Not the pineal <laughs> It's a penile gland. Penile gland. And often there's an erection. And it's second coming. Um, But but, uh, in this idea that uh, where does the soul soul exist while it's hibernating? And that's probably the best place to put it within that energy field and captured within the brain. And, you know, even um, neurologists, I mean, I don't know what their explanation specifically would be for the purpose of it, except that maybe there's some sort of intuitive sense, a sensory sense within the uh, human plan, and it controls certain parts of that development. But on a medical level, I'm not real certain what a doctor, how a doctor, I mean, I'm trying to grasp what a doctor might say about it. I don't even know if some doctors um, maintain its existence. Um, I think so. It's melatonin. Doesn't it produce melatonin? Melatonin. It, it produces melatonin. Yeah. So it has to do with the sleep-wake cycles. Right. So I mean, we, we I do have think that, they, that's what I'm they, they, they exist, according to medical literature. Between hibernating and wakefulness. We have that contrast that when the soul goes into the body, there is some sense of hibernation and some sense of sleep. 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 So the idea that the soul sleeps within the body, but but occurs within time that it's also dreams. Uh, even the biblical phrase, your, your older men will dream, have visions, dream dreams. What But there's a phrase about dreams, and then there's great dream stories and captured throughout the pages and followed by interpretations. Even Jacob's Ladder, which could have been spinal, the astral Gosh. The Bible's going to be banned soon because of, you know, it's gender-specific rules that it promotes. (laughs) The men are the only ones who are going to have the dreams. Time for a book banning. Yeah. Um, uh, The the pronoun should be there. T-H-E-I-R. There. The possessive in speaking unisex. It has no biases towards sexuality. It doesn't even define sexuality. What? There? There. I know it's annoying. I don't want to get into that. It's, 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 unfortunately, for that, I think there needs to be a new pronoun altogether because it doesn't make sense grammatically. It's plural. And there it refers to an individual that doesn't identify as female or male. But there needs to be a singular pronoun that, but, and that's created. And we're talking about T-H-E-R-E, right? Huh? T-H-E-R-E, there. 
No. <laughs> Which makes it even more confounding because there's a duality within the belief itself. But the so now we've got this mind bending odyssey, and some of us unbend it. Some of us are very in tune with our soul, and there is little left to mystery. Everything has an answer. Whether you're practically speaking that everything, you can be a, a rationalist or a realist and just accept life for what it is, or you can go deeper and get into more wisdom and be a philosopher about life, or you can go deeper yet and be more of an illusionist and define life on a karmic level or on an angel level, or basically on a soul level. We have these different interpretations from cold scientists to visionary enthusiasts that uh, how do we explain the mind-bending odyssey of our existence, whether it's flat note or curved or circular? So when we do readings for people, it's often we often categorize the person by saying, is this a linear Hey, what an idiot. No, I'm okay. just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> made a big point of being an idiot. Um, ah. One of the better novels he wrote, but probably very few people have ever read it. But the, um, the idea of uh, what is a question that one asks a psychic? Is it part of the mind-bending odyssey? You know, um, am I going to be going on vacation next year? Is that a mind-bending odyssey question as opposed to I'm not sure what I want to do in life. I'm very troubled. I can't seem to get my career in order. I'm going through severe bouts of depression. See, that's a mind-bending odyssey. That's different than... Um, Am I going to London this year? Well, I, I mean, that could be mind-bending if there's a certain purpose. This is like a wall, like a past life in London or something like that. But, I mean, usually that's not the motivation for asking that kind of question. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, I mean, you know, not to say that, you know, being in a, you know, in a state of confounding depression over your career, purpose in life is, you know, a question that, you want to ask a psychic or a place you want to be in a near more mind-bending odyssey question would have to do with maybe the existence of the soul or what was what was what was the past life journey journeys about in terms of how they relate to this current life and what what needs to be done on a higher level that's more a mind-bending odyssey question to me than that is you know a, a troubling question. question about but you know existence when somebody asks, am I going to get this job? Now, that's a fine line because number one job is occupation. It involves one's livelihood, which has all kinds of tentacles involved in that framework. And then the other would be the content of the job itself. So asking a simplistic question can still put one on a mind-bending odyssey. Um, 
you know, people who are still at some level of maturity, they don't know if they really want to be a policeman or a policewoman or a doctor. And, and they're really torn. Can that become a mind-bending odyssey of the mind? Yeah, they can. Um, so it's not always, there isn't a flat plane in the idea that it's cut and dry. Mind-bending odysseys have to be important, amazing, long in, in nature, but not all the time. And then some people would bear to argue that, uh, or dare to argue that uh, finding my pencil, my, my beautiful pencil, I've had since childhood, I lost my pencil. You don't stand it. It was, it was a lead pencil, but, it, but, it, but you, put, you fed the lead into the pencil, and I've had it since the third grade, and my God, I can't find Now, is that a mind-bending Aussie? I would have to say yes that sense of desperation. I've had it. it I, I lost a pencil once. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. A pencil that you loaded lead into that I was very, that's not not lead, it was graphite, it wasn't a lead pencil. But anyway, yeah, I well, did lose a pencil, I couldn't find a, one. And I was very upset about it. That's why I mentioned it. I, I thought maybe. Yeah, that's why I mentioned it. The fun yeah. part about being a psychic is you, you have your tongue in cheek when you say things, and you know exactly where they're coming from. But you, you, you know, psychics have to amuse themselves on some level if they have a gift for seeing things. But because um, who often has, you know, how many people have a pencil that you know they lost and it means a lot to them? But I don't think I asked a psychic about where the pencil was. There was no communication with the psychic. You didn't need to a psychic to figure it out. No, so what I'm saying is it wouldn't be a question that I would like ask a psychic. I mean, where's my pencil? I might have some personal personal distress over losing something that was of of sentimental value to me, but it wouldn't be something I asked a psychic about. A pencil. There are people I mean, who ask those questions. They they may and like obviously you know you get to it, you know a, a question like you know I've I've misplaced this heirloom piece of jewelry. I mean that can be important to a person. And not to say that a pencil is doesn't doesn't have to be important because it's not of value necessarily. But I mean people do ask psychics where missing things are. I mean it's a common question. Well, we get into the since we're on the topic, when you get into the word uh, pencil, suffix is C-I-L from pen. So you have to see what French, the suffix C-I-L stands for. It's uh, probably it's, Latin interpretation. It sounds like a bell. Yeah, but it's subtle. It's diminutive of pen, isn't it? I don't know. Now my Google is all in black. It's irritating. Because I don't know what happened. My I mean, screen, they, it me what was what, what came off. first, the pencil or the pen? The pen is mightier than the sword. Is <sighs> is one maybe reference? Yes, yeah, it's, it's French. Yeah. It's French, like I said. It well, pencil is the the first. I mean, the the last French pencil. I'm not saying it right. Pencil, pencil. I'm terrible French. Than Middle English pencil, but it came from Latin penis. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Which brings us back to our to the, to pineal the, gland. The pineal <laughs> gland. That's why I said pineal gland, because I knew the penis was going to come into the conversation. <laughs> it was going to, never mind. Whether, you, whether <laughs> one's penis is, as, you know, it's filled with lead or not. Um, or graphite, as it were. Or ink, that matter. But the, so. Yeah, and what, it's diminutive. And what penis, does it mean? What, it, it means penis. Yeah, it means tall. Penis, penis meant, meant tall in Latin, but it's diminutive of pen or penis. Well, sure, because it's P-E-N-S-I-L, <laughs> which is erection. P-I-N-C-E-L. What? Yeah. What do you, no, I don't know what you, you Are you insinuating it's the size of a pin? <laughs> I think you're part But the idea that... Um, it, there is a, there's sure this corruption of language. I mean, every, everybody wants to reinvent the word. And so, so from to French to German, English, Anglo-Saxon, blah, 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 blah. It, it, everybody has to derive the vocabulary under their own domain, instead of mind-bending But when you have, so when you have this, terminology, where, and this was brought up to the fact of uh, one's looking for their pencil or maybe, God forbid, one's looking for their penis. <laughs> and it's an John, uh, John Bobbitt. Wasn't he looking for his penis? Yeah, he was looking for his penis. I had one guy looking for his penis. I said, it's tucked between your legs. You got so fat that you can't see it anymore. He said, oh my God, you're right. Um, but um, that, I think there on you is upright. <laughs> I don't know. It's not even funny. Uh, but so, uh, mind bending honesty. Uh, so, I I think that all of us can find within one's existence a mind bending honesty, even if it's a singular episode representing a day, i.e., Joyce. To, to the idea that a mind-bending odyssey can represent an entire lifespan. The way you come full circle and you understand that all the turmoil, all the trouble you've gone, gone to in life can now be explained because maybe you have been diagnosed with a certain disease that's been affecting you all your life. And this explains your rational, irrational behaviors. And why those behaviors took you to all corners of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you're speaking. You're speaking. Your words are touching my soul so deeply. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe you haven't said, you said deeply. It wasn't even an authentic fake cry. Uh, Bad, bad acting. Okay. Yeah. Well, it didn't get into character. So. <laughs> okay. Um, the, I didn't so, realize you were casting as well. Yeah, but I'm not a fisherman. Right. Totally against fishing. Yes. Which brings up another point. You know, I would have been horrible on Homer's ship, Ulysses' ship, because I would have said, "Are you kidding? We're having fish." Yeah, but aren't um, you supposed to be a fisher of men? Well, I, would, I, I don't mind being a fisher of men. Um, 
especially with the coming up. But, um, I, but, uh, but anyway. I realized, sorry, where I, what I, what joke I set up. Yeah. Uh, Actually, but, you know, fisher yeah. of men is unisex because you say fish her of men. Anyway, so I made the joke. I made no, I made that joke to someone recently in an email. Oh, she may be listening. Uh, video was sent to us, and she said we're married. And I said, oh, well, uh, it's, it is LGBTQ month, so perfect timing. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyway, Grim Grim's fairy tales. He he was always embarrassed because people thought it meant his behind. He was talking about um, what his back end fairy tales. Oh, uh, gross. Well, if you read some of the stories, they are very gross. <laughs> they really are They're disturbing, but that's another topic. Well, and then, the, you know, the, another mind-bending odyssey would be in terms of people hunting for fairies. I wonder what the Grimm brothers' birthdays They were come, come a few years apart. Um, and they were... They and were the fact that their names Grimm's. were Grimm, I mean, very strange, because they're... Oh. German. Just, I know, but the Grimm and their, you know, Grimm, G-R-I-M-M, but Grimm. They were actually. They were, uh, the fairy tales were Grimm. They, they were Grimm, well, and they were sadistic. Horrible. But, you know, in their time frame, they they were, um, they were appropriate scary stories. Yeah, they had. And they had somewhat, sometimes lessons involved in them. But and they were a weird brotherly duel as well. Uh, They're only one year apart, point. actually. Yeah, well, one's older than the other. Well, <laughs> that would be, that would be well, that brilliant would be observation. Their mother, <laughs> mother couldn't wait. But, <laughs> I guess. I guess their father. <laughs> well, I guess their father couldn't either. Okay, five. They had well, evil. Fathers, I think. I think, think Mrs. <laughs> I'm losing my composure. Stop it. Um, they had evil birthdays. Well, one was born 220. Evil? Well, I don't know. I, one four seventy. I mean, 1785. The other was 224. 1786. One year apart. Uh, their pores are the same, but five, they both had a lot of pimples, six, yeah, thir- bad pores. <laughs> Very thirteen. Stop. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm laughing so hard. It's not even that funny. Nine, sixteen. I'm just adding them up here. One was a thirty equals three. They were an eleven. I thought there was going to be an eleven going on with them. There's some sexual rivalry <laughs> there. Um, no, I'm talking about the the their their the the dark nature of their stories. So talking about, I think they <laughs> just they, they were guilty of incest, um, <laughs> brotherly, um, which is in one of their fairy tales, uh, Tea for Two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, later made into a movie of Doris Day, who I also we heard was stop? bisexual, uh, and she ruined Rock Hudson's career. Rock Hudson, he was gay. Why would she ruin he, Rock Hudson? Well, he was gay, he was bisexual, and I think he was a little bit into peacefulness, but let's not go to that chapter. <laughs> okay. Shadowy. Um, but he was the Rock, and then the Rock came in, and 
we know the rock is is questionable. Uh, we're off the rails here. Let's get back to okay. So okay. we're getting back yes. to the mindset. <laughs> As we have our callers lined up, still waiting uh, until we finish our discussion. I know. Yeah. Be patient, everyone. And uh, so it's relative, uh, this idea of the soul being captured in somebody's existence. Why some people travel around the world, do all kinds of adventures, and others just stay home write poems, put them in their drawers, and become an Emily Dickinson. That sounds like us. Um, so it is, the soul does have a certain strong element of destiny. Uh, most presidents have a, have a soul destiny. Right. Generals, you know, Napoleon. Have a soul, certain destiny. But you're saying everyone's soul has a destiny, and that's not necessarily true. I mean, not everybody is president or Napoleon. No, but some. But everyone is Cleopatra. Some souls. I'm saying some souls have a certain. Oh, some souls. souls Have a certain uh, capsule of destiny within their energy, and a lot of times you'll find that energy within the souls of presidents, within the souls of famous generals. Sometimes within the souls of monumental artists, um, but there's always some element that within the soul of greatness is the soul of tragedy. The Kennedys, even Beethoven being death. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the soul okay. of, of 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 tragedy within the framework of. Uh, of one's energy and what one's supposed to do. So that becomes a mind-bending odyssey because it doesn't seem to adhere to the general conclusion that if you're great, you should die great after a long life. Why is greatness suddenly obstructed and, and destroyed by an assassin's hand or an accident? I mean, because somebody had told Sonny Bono that he was going to, his, his skull was going to be crushed, crushed during a scheme, escapade. You know. Um, or John Denver. John Denver's calling. I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's numerous accounts of how a mind-bending odyssey of one's life where one is rich, famous, well-known, and is destroyed. You David Foster Wallace, one of our more contemporary literature, the talents of literature, infinite jest, and the pain himself due to depression, mind-bending odyssey. Yeah, we do. It's going to be a mind-bending odyssey. I can just feel it. Hi, you're on the Air Force Zero One. Four Zero One, are you there? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Hi. Sorry, I think it was muted. I wasn't. I wasn't aware. <laughs> That's okay. 
I was just calling to tune in. Um, I don't think I even pushed one. I was just—I saw you guys were on, so I, I just figured I'd tune into the last bit of your show. Oh, do you want to speak with us, or are you just listening? I mean, I'm open. I've spoken with you in the past. I'm open to it. Um, I, you know, I don't have anything real specific. Just here I am. So I don't know. And I know who you are. I know who you are, and it's your your name's escaping me. As um, it's Terry. Terry, yeah. No, I remember. It's, um, eight six eighty five. Eight. I'm sorry. <clears throat> eight six eighty five. Eight six nineteen eighty five. Yeah. I mean, I know your history. I remember you. You had the yeah. property with your ex. Path. Father. Yeah, you done path. flight attendant stuff. I mean, I remember exactly yep. who you are. I just couldn't. The name. It's been a while. Yeah. Since. No. Right. You're quiet. Yeah. So definitely in in a different place now. Um physically and mentally and everything, but, you know, transition, just sort of working out some other things, just familial relationships, I guess you could say, and, you know, I don't know, I had a gut feeling you guys were on today, and I checked earlier, didn't see it, and then I checked now, and here you are, so. <laughs> yeah, we had a little scheduling issue, but anyway, yeah, we're here, and um, so you're saying you're having some family issues, Yeah. family it's issues, things I'm noticing, like, I see, like, the mask. This year. You know what I mean? You just see people differently. I've gone through different changes in my own personal life, and, you know, it's sort of a different time of awakening, if you will. Okay, so is there anyone's birthday we want to look at in your family specifically? Or Sure. Um, sure, it's 10 uh, So this is a parent. Is it? 8, 7, 8, it's 9, my mother. 29, 11, 2. You, you're, it's your mother's Mother. Yeah. Your father, my is father. your father deceased? Yeah. And especially this time of year, things come up as well. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's really um, hard he to is, hear you. He is, he is and with Father's right. Day next weekend, and he passed um, around July 5th. Okay, so, so just this time of year is, is usually 10. Tense and with your mother specifically, particularly. Yeah, she's remarried, but just for different. Yeah, it's just. Oh, well, she's remarried. She's remarried. She's been remarried. Yeah, she's just she's very married. Do you have siblings? Yeah. Do you have brothers? No. You know nope. siblings? Nope. Hmm. What's the question? What's the question about your mother? So you're an only child. No wonder. Yeah, I'm more wondering. I mean, I just hmm. feel a lot of resen- I feel a lot of resentment from her. Um, it's just getting harder to manage a relationship with her. Um, and I've gone, you know, the therapy for everything like that. It's you know for everything, but I'm at a point in my life where, you know, did your mother have just, just out of curiosity? Did your mother have any miscarriages or anything like that that you know yeah, of? That I yeah. yeah. So the, because I was picking up energy sibling, and it's too strong of an element for me to shake. So she has, she did have miscarriages, so that's probably why. Yeah. And so repeat what you just said about your mother. Sorry. No, just a lot of um, almost resentment. And now that I'm settled after everything that I went through that you just recalled from our previous conversations, and it, it's almost like she not enjoyed seeing me go through all that, but now that I'm on the other side of it, it's just, it's a very different dynamic of neediness almost. You know, my life was sort of in disarray. It's all in place now. 
and it's almost like she's causing disarray just to have that. I don't know. That's not how we should be connecting. Right. Well, she's got some problems. She's twenty nine eleven two, and they they're just she's a third. Oh, she. What did I really do wrong? Who is a yeah. thirty? Mm-hmm. Seven eight nine nineteen twenty. Did I get the birthday wrong? Because I must have read it. Sixty five. Fifty five or sixty five. Fifty five. Yeah, she's a 2911 too. Okay, it was just a. Uh, he, he, we're having problems hearing you. That's why, probably. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. So, yeah. 1955. So she's 2911 too. Trying to see what's going on with your birth dates. Her day is your month in some. Seven, 17 is an eight. Your years are um, interchangeable, and they align as well. So your eight to her five is your year. Your five to her five becomes her year, and they crisscross in the same manner. So you guys are, you have, there's a strong connection. Mm. And 29, 11 twos can be difficult. So, I mean, not surprising she's had two marriages, but it was your father died, and then she got remarried after your father's death. No. No, she was remarried before he died. So she, she so she's divorced. Yeah, she left. She's, they yeah. were divorced. Okay, so that's that's part of that twenty nine eleven too. Yeah. Differences with those types. What are you going to say? Well, your your mother, your your mother's energy suggests a deep, dark, anger, depression. Yeah. That results in, in the way she expresses it is in attacking relationships. So it will be a put down yeah. of anything. So she might be the kind of mother that didn't give you proper praise, whatever you try to she minimize. She's mm-hmm. always being negative towards you, destroying your yeah. ego. Um, and it, and the, the basis of her uh, dilemma is due to a past life intensity within the zero of her number. The two outstanding mm-hmm. numbers beside it are 11. 11. It's a bad combination. This, was she jealous of your relationship with your father? <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And now it's just channeled down to my stepfather where she's his fifth wife. And, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, I'm happy for them, but I'm 36 years old. I want my own life. You know, I have my own life. And it's just more or less. Well, you're, 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 you're not a good word for it. <laughs> your your life is changing this uh, August when you're 37. That's why your karmic number. Now, your mother right. may have had a distorted sense of religion. A lot of these nasty, mean people still they go to church or they they well, oh, yeah. they they have a certain attitude about a religion, but they makes it they make it so distasteful that mm-hmm. they. Is destroy the whole concept. Seems like you're agreeing. Uh, her seven would indicate some possible attitude about religion, but in a very negative sense. That seven. Yeah. Yeah. She makes fun of my spirituality a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, is she? I mean, did you come from religious religious background? Were they, yeah. Yeah. Catholic. Religion? We were Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. So you know, she'll use a lot of guilt and command of rituals and things like this and, yeah. and just a, a stifling way of bringing you up that is right. surmounted by a lot of cruelty, mental cruelty. Yeah. Maybe maybe some very physical uh, inappropriateness in terms of punishment. So 
the seven in her day is preoccupied by the seven in the 37, which okay. means that there's, a ultimate, there's going to be an ultimate break. Now, mm-hmm. when you put those sevens together, you get 14, which is your first two numbers. So you're going to be making a major break from her even beyond even beyond what you have already done. Now, you're 1985, yeah. because that 19 is a 10 or a 1, you apply that 1 to the 5, you have 86, which is your first two numbers. Okay. And she has a 10 in her month, and she's born in 55, which is another no, 10. Those two 10s become an 11. So well, she'll plague you for the rest of your life. 1955. Right, is an 11. Yeah. No, I, I thank you for that. Yeah, I feel that <laughs> I've been, you know, making this decision in life. But yeah, yeah, like there's not going to be I, exactly what I was thinking when you were talking that there's not going to be what what you want out of a mother. You're unfortunately right. not going to get from her. No. So you have to move beyond your experience with her and try to find satisfaction, happiness in right yourself. Yeah. Have you done that? Yeah, and then she'll come back, and it's, you know, I don't want to cut, you know, obviously, it's a guilt. She'll say things, and it's like my father passing unexpectedly. It's just, it's a roller coaster, and it's a cycle that keeps repeating, and I'm well, aware of it. So the only way to get off the crazy coaster is to remove myself. Well, you say, you send your mother a list with two columns, and you say, these are things I do not want you to discuss with me. These are negative things. These are guilt-ridden things. If you talk about these things, I will hang up. I will not engage mm-hmm. with you. Now, these are the things that we can talk about. And if your mother doesn't like it, then you have to make some bold decisions. But yeah. you're in charge. You're in charge. Yeah. Well, and you can't be sense. in charge if you allow your mother to come back and attack you. I mean, are you, right. are you Carrie, are you considering, like, a complete divorce from your mother? I mean, or- it's hard because I... You know, that she's it. She's all I have, so I don't want to. But I'm, I'm over the old diatribe of, you know, I'm. this is how it was in my day or this is it. And her siblings are very much around, and she's the dictator of that. And it's hard to have a relationship with the rest of my family without her turning them against me or at least making me feel as though she's just always uh, a victim. So it's like I'll be the black sheep. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, know, you're, yeah. you either take a bold approach and you go off on your own or you take a softer yeah. approach and you compromise with some contingency yeah. clause. Right. And it I'm sounds somewhere like, in the middle of that. Yeah. It sounds like that's going to be your situation. Okay. Well, okay. that's the situation. Yeah. Your journey. It is what it is. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you guys. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of what kind of work do you do? Um, I work for a small office um, in a in like southeastern Connecticut, so right on the Rhode Island border, and I'm from Rhode Island, but I live in Connecticut now. You mean like an office is like two by four? How do you all fit in? Yeah, it's, just, it's an attorney. It's an attorney's <laughs> office. There's another attorney who practices, but, you know, it's just doing law. Ideally, I'd like to move down there, um, but stay sort of in the same area. I just, I'm a little far away with gas and stuff right now, but I do like where I'm at. But don't um, you have a, like, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, well don't you have a word? No, I was just going to say, I mean, isn't there, a, don't you have some financial security aside from the job, like the property yeah, that you do with your father? So it's not like this job, you're, you're dependent totally on the job for your survival. You've got a solid right. savings. and Some. 
Yeah, it's depleting, but yes. Well, just trying to find, you know, trying to find the right place, and it's not the right time to buy, so I'm still renting. You know what I mean? It's not depleting, oh. but it's just, you know what I mean. Your, your, your expenses, do your expenses outweigh your income? Pretty much, and the rest of my family is all in Rhode Island, and most of my family is her, you know, and then the, what, my extended family is her family, so my dad's family is all gone, except for my uncles that don't live in the state. So, you know, that's well, where it's a little tough getting, you know, help and support. I have a dog. Not that it's a big deal, but, you know, it's just yeah, well, I remember family around. Yeah, I talked about a dog uh, in a past reading, a dog runway yep. or something. You remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember it. Um, but yeah, I the, the, the problem is that your income is not meeting your bills and you don't want to deplete. Right. That's important. That's important right. that that came up. Because your job, if it's not providing you the income that you need to sustain your life and you're dipping into your savings and you want to buy and you're spending all this money on rent and so on and so forth, you've got to do something different. I mean, are you thinking of right. changing jobs or? Oh, yeah. I've been looking. Go I mean, back it's meeting it. It's not, it's, you were meeting gonna, it. it's just not I'd like to put more away. Oh, Okay. But you were going to do flight. You were thinking of being a flight attendant again at one point, I remember. No. I think. I mean, I would love to, but no. <laughs> I but really like to just have about it? roots. At one point, I was thinking about it, but I, not. Yeah, uh, not. I, I don't. I don't want to. I'm not suggesting yeah. that you do, but I'm just trying to remember if that was a, in, a yeah. conversation on the air, which we did. Okay. Yeah, I would love it, but then my dog would go with with her. You know, yeah. I know. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> but no. It's more anyway. control. Yeah, yeah. It's just more the control factor of her. You know, like I don't want to meet somebody new and introduce them. I feel like that's been the pattern. I've had long-term relationships, but I'm not blaming her. It's just, again, there's one common denominator in every situation I've been in, and it's her, you know. Well, like we said, you know, you either make a clean break or you, 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 you set your boundaries and, and make sure that you keep them solid and, um, yeah, firm. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So thank you. Because I needed to hear that from someone other than just reading about it or knowing inherently that that's the truth. I'm not saying I'm right. She's wrong. I'm just saying I can't be the only one fixing and, you know, I can't put her needs before my own, you know, and and it's sad that she can't realize that. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay, but thank you guys. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Keep in touch. Well, we are off the air. Yeah, we're off the air until next week, which is the undecided schedule. We have to figure that schedule out. Um, probably Friday is show, but I'm not sure about what else. What else we're doing? But we will keep you posted and have a good weekend. Bye.